0: house. Um, we don't just bring anybody that comes by us by, you know, by, by chance. This is a man of God that truly loves Pastor Dosic. He was, he and his church have been praying for Pastor with the situation he's been going through, and we can't thank him enough for what he's done. We see so many blind eyes come open, hundreds of thousands of people come to Christ through this man of God's ministries. He travels all around the world with Pastor Dosic as well. So if you would, please give a warm, only believe welcome to Pastor Matt Nichols tonight.
1: Well, good evening, and God bless you. You may be seated. Praise God. We're in Pentecost. Hallelujah. I was 16 years. I grew up Pentecostal, but we were the goofy kind. I don't know if you've ever come in contact with a goofy Pentecostal, but we was one. And there were some things that went on in our churches. They weren't very biblical, but they were very spiritual. But we all loved Jesus. But you know what? At the age of 16, I found myself in bed crying out for the Holy Ghost. And I don't think I felt anything. Now, I'm from uh, southeastern Ohio. Anybody ever hear of Salt Fork State Park? I live two miles from the park entrance. That's the Bigfoot capital of the Midwest. Nobody has ever seen Bigfoot and myself in the same room. But uh, we had a farm, and, and there was a storm coming, a snowstorm. And Grandpa said, hey, he called me Harvard. He said, hey, Harvard. Uh, There's a storm coming. We're out of hay. We got to go get some hay. And we got in the truck to go get some hay. And he began to give me a typical old farmer lecture. And at that time, the Holy Ghost came on me. And I began under my breath speaking other tongues. And I knew God was speaking to me like this warm, fuzzy. Now, we're just going to get hay and it's getting ready to snow. And the, and the Holy Spirit came over me and said, you're praying for your life. And, you know, five minutes later, we hit a patch of ice. And we rolled that truck several times. And both my grandpa and I walked out of there. No scratches, no broken bones. And I learned, man, we, I, the Holy Ghost is real. The Holy Ghost is real. Amen. And tonight, now look, Pastor Eric said some really nice things about me. And I, I sometimes I, I, I want to come here and preach more often because I feel really good about myself. Hallelujah. But, I, but what if tonight, what if tonight, now I, I, I'm going to be obedient to the Holy Ghost and, and lose some spiritual gifting. But what if tonight you could lose some spiritual gifting in you? What well, what what if you, you what, what if you receive new tongues tonight? What if what if you receive words of knowledge and words of wisdom tonight? You see, I got a word of, a, a, a a word of knowledge right now that you know. There's at least two or three people. You're in here and, and you're fighting a terrible situation. Well, that doesn't take much. But the thing is, you, you, you're you're the cause of it, and you and you know that. And the Lord told me to encourage you tonight, just like Abraham messed up three times, just like Jonah messed up, just like, uh, oh, Jonah ran the other way, Abraham took lot with him when God said, leave everybody behind. Abraham lies about his wife. My wife is my sister. Abraham got with Sarah and got with Hagar, created and Ishmael. When Peter began to look all around at the, at the wind and the waves, I want you to know tonight there's a hand of God ready to pull you up. Amen. Now, I believe tonight, in just a moment, we're going to speak on Melchizedek. We're going to to teach you three verses of the Bible tonight, and I want to show you something maybe you've never seen, and I believe that tonight, just like we, I'm having a word of wisdom, there's someone here, and you're in a mess, and, and you know you were part of the reason you're in the mess, but God is faithful to deliver you amen and you needed to hear that tonight amen but what if, what if tonight you get such a direct line to Pentecost that you're getting words for other people that you're laying your hands on the sick that you're prophesying amen wouldn't that be awesome wouldn't that be awesome it's not just thank God for that wonderful introduction of, of that I had, but I think we ought to be able to introduce you like that. We ought to be able to introduce you. Man, here's a person signs and wonders follow. It doesn't say signs and wonders follow preachers that believe. It says signs and wonders shall follow him that believe, and him is him and her. Amen. Do you believe tonight? They shall speak with new tongues. They shall cast out devils. They shall lay their hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Praise God. Well, hallelujah. I, I do want to honor Pastor Dosek, spiritual father. Eric is right. Brother Eric is right. I was I mean, we couldn't get more than 10 people to come to our church. By the way, today is our 21 year anniversary of starting our church. And uh we started in the a hotel conference room at a Days Inn on the northeast side of Indianapolis, but I tell you what, there's a reason people stayed away by the thousands. I think it was, having church in a day's end is not my idea at church. But today is 21 years since we started, and we were frustrated and discouraged. And I, I got a hold of some teaching by Pastor Dosek, and the first thing I thought is man, are he and Pastor Phyllis going to get a divorce? Because they joked, he joked us around so much. But then I I, I stayed around and said, Man, if God's using him like this in Botkins, he can use me in Cloverdale. Yeah. And I remember years later, I had the opportunity, I think it was about 2016, had the opportunity to come here and uh, be part of ministers' training. And... I was a little skeptical I was like man I wonder what it's going to be like I wonder if they're going to try to Take a big offering from us Are they going to try to get us to join them And, and I was sitting actually Right, right, right there where, where you are sister right, right behind the gentleman with the teal shirt I was sitting, yes I was sitting right there And, and Pastor Doset came and he preached Like another, a man from another world And he kept preaching right to me And before long I'm thinking, okay, well, what's the catch? And he says, Hey, and, and, and he called you Nicole. He didn't say Pastor Nicole. I said, might have even said Nikki, I don't remember. Uh, he said, but he said, Hey, go get me a suit out of my closet. And he gave a suit away to a minister that was there. And he said, Go get me another suit. Give it to this guy. And before long, he'd given away like I don't know how many. It was a lot of suits. And he came to me. He says, what size do you wear? I said, Pastor, it's a little bigger than what you wear. He says, I don't think my suit would fit you. I said, you're probably right. He said, he said Nikki, go get this man a check for $400. Now you take this and go buy you a new suit. I still wear that suit to this day, praise God. So I did want to give honor to this house and give honor to the pastor, Pastor Phyllis, Pastor Nikki, and or Nicole, and our, our the lovely staff and ministers, the praise team. God bless you. First Peter, let's turn to our Bibles to First Peter, chapter 2, verse 9 and 10. Lord, put me on as your microphone speak through me. Let the Holy Ghost flow in this place today. Give us ears to hear. Stir us up in our most holy faith. Lord, we stir up spiritual gifts and anointings. We thank you for the words we're about to receive in Jesus' name. Amen. First Peter chapter 2, we like to quote this verse. It says, but you are a chosen generation. Now, I'd love to stop there and preach a three-part series on that, but we got to move on. A royal priesthood. Say, I'm a royal priesthood. It goes on to say, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You were once not a people, but now you're the people of God. That's a mouthful, but I want to focus on two things. You are a royal priesthood. Now that word royal means kingly in nature. You have the nature of a king. This is what God is saying about you. You are a chosen generation. You're kingly in nature. You are a priesthood. And I got in all my, my study tools, and basically, that word priesthood means you have sacerdotal, that's the word used, which means holy, sacred duties before God. Now, it doesn't say the fivefold ministry gifts are a royal priesthood. This is written to the church at large. You are chosen generation. You are kingly in nature, and you have sacerdotal, priestly, holy duties, because you've been called with a holy calling to God's own special purpose that he put on the inside of you before the foundation of time. Now, I want to introduce a guy by the name of Melchizedek in the Bible. Melchizedek we see in the book of Genesis. Melchizedek was actually the first priest that appears in the Bible. And he appears before the tabernacle system of Moses. Now, How many of y'all remember in the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, they had a tabernacle system of worship that Moses brought in and set Aaron and and the Levitical priesthood in charge of that tabernacle system. Remember that? Well, before the tabernacle system, there was a system of Melchizedek. And I want you to see in Hebrews chapter 711, if perfection were through... The Levitical priesthood, for under it the people received the law. What further need was there that another priest should rise up according to the order of Melchizedek and not be called according to the order of Aaron? Speaking about Jesus. Jesus' priesthood was after the order of Melchizedek. The Bible gives... One, two, three, four, five, six other references that tell us all in agreement that when Jesus patterns his ministry, it is not patterned after Aaron or the Levites. It is patterned after Melchizedek. Now, the very first thing we learn, what are you? You are a royal priesthood. So, what we want to ask ourselves, who is Melchizedek? Why was Jesus not after the order of Aaron? And what does that mean for you and me as a royal priesthood? Melchizedek is introduced in the Bible in Genesis chapter 14. We're going to look at verse 18 through 20. These are three verses. Everybody say three. Okay, there are three verses in the Bible that tell us about Melchizedek. That's it, three, in real time. The book of Hebrews refers to Melchizedek, but we only see three little verses that we're about to read about this priest, king, that Jesus modeled himself after. So watch this. Genesis 14, verse 18 through 20. Abraham, let me give it some backstory. Abraham has went to battle, he has rescued his nephew Lot. He has brought the spoils of victory back, and Abraham is getting ready to give a tithe of his victory spoils to Melchizedek. This is about 400 and some years before the tabernacle. Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was the priest of the God Most High. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram, God Most High, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be God Most High, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And Abraham or Abram gave him a tithe of all. Now, those are three verses. That's it. So when it says that Jesus' ministry is after the order of Melchizedek, all we have is that. Isn't that interesting? So what can we learn? I guess the first thing I want to know is when I think about the tabernacle worship system, I think about Aaron, I think about the Levites. You know, in the back half of Exodus, they start introducing this system of worship. And then they give us Numbers, or Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. How many of y'all have spent some considerable time in Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy? Some of you say, no way, but hopefully you've read it. I, but, I mean it is so detailed they're giving the, the the civil law they're giving health laws they're giving economic laws they're giving cooking laws and then they're giving the laws of the priesthood. The priest shall wear this, and the priest shall wear that, and the priest shall use this instrument, and the priest shall do that. And here's how the tabernacle is going to be built. Twelve posts here, six posts there. Here's the tent post you're going to have. Here's the curtains. Here's the type of fabric. Here's the colors. Here's how it's going to be laid out. You've got the brazen laver. You've got the altar. You've got the, sh- the, 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 you've got the inner court, the outer court. You've got the holy of holies. You've got the tabernacle, the, or, or the, 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 the ark of the covenant. you you got this. you got that. All this stuff. And it goes on. And, and, and quite frankly, I, I've read these over and over. And, and I'm still sometimes, as, as much spiritual training as I have, I still don't know everything about all those little instruments and all those little things they're supposed to do. But then we have Jesus. Jesus. And the ministry that Jesus follows, three verses. That's a lot simpler, isn't it? You know, it's kind of like, go back to the Garden of Eden. When God set the whole thing up, think about the simplicity of creation. Here's Adam. Here's Eve. Okay. Adam, I got a couple things for you. That's it. I want you to take care of the garden. You don't have to punch a time clock. You don't have to do it by the sweat of your brow. Just take care. Name the animals. Love on the animals. And be fruitful and multiply. Adam's like, okay. Oh, yeah. One bad tree. Don't eat the bad tree. That was the simplicity of creation. And what did the devil do when he showed up? Well, let's have a Bible study. Can I tell you something? Can, can I just say something as a pastor? And, and I mean this lovingly. I mean this kindly. But as a pastor, I get tired of Bible teaching without Bible living. And I can't tell you how many super spiritual Christians I see use Bible study as a way of, of keeping them from obeying the word. They'll study it, they'll pray about it, they'll do everything but live it. Let me tell you something. You live the Bible, you're going to get a lot further than just studying the Bible. Because the Bible says knowledge puffs up. And I met a whole lot of puffed up Christians who study, 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 and they're rebellious as Satan. And they'll hug you in church on Sunday morning with a knife sticking in your back. But they're having Bible study. Don't be one of them. Because Satan shows up with Bible study. He says, well, let's just break down what God really said here. Let's just just take this simple truth and let's see if we can't make it a little more complex. And then confusion comes in and all of a sudden human desire comes in and then we have sin." So we got all this, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. But then we have Melchizedek. Watch this, watch this. So what do we know about Melchizedek? This is it right here. He was a king of Salem, that's Jerusalem, and he was the high priest. He operated in both systems. Now just give you, let's just look at this. As soon as, oh, where are we at here? I'm in Hebrews. Here in Genesis 14. Melchizedek, king of Salem, what's the first thing he does? He brings out bread and wine. Melchizedek, 400 years before Moses, he said, you know what? My priesthood points to Jesus Christ, to the cross and the blood. You want the Jesus priesthood? We're going to have a priesthood that focuses on the cross and the blood. Jesus paid it all on the cross. The reason why we can lay our hands on the sick and they recover. The reason why we have the Holy Ghost and we can speak in tongues and we we can get words and knowledge. The reason why our needs are provided for by Christ Jesus. The reason is, is because the work on the cross, Jesus said, it is finished. And he poured out the blood of himself as the ratified of that covenant that every word that he said is true yeah Mm. so the first thing we see the cross and the blood and then he blesses Abraham sometimes we think oh my goodness God's mad at me God hates me he blesses Abraham. You want to see the Jesus priesthood? Jesus is here to bless you. Jesus is here to save you, to heal you, to prosper you. Jesus is here to give you a future and a hope. That's it. We don't, we don't have to get into, and he wore this kind of an ephod, and he had this kind of a pulpit, and he carried this kind of a translation of his Bible. No, it was very simply. He pointed to the blood, and he pointed to the cross, and he blessed a servant of God. Woo, man. He received tithes. Oh, my, ladies and gentlemen, giving is an important part. Tithing is an important part. And that's it. It's that simple. And we've already read Hebrews chapter 7 that tells us that if the Aaronic priesthood or Aaron's priesthood was not without fault. We wouldn't need another priesthood. So we have Jesus after the order of Melchizedek. Now let's go back to the Aaronic system. You were, under the Old Testament, you could be a priest or you could be a king. You couldn't be both. If you needed a word from God, if you were just average Jew, Rebecca, Sarah, Samuel, whatever your name was, and you needed a word from God, you had to go down to the tabernacle. And you had to bring Lucky the lamb or Maggie the goat. And Lucky was not going to be Lucky that day. And you were going to make an offering. And they were going to take that blood and apply it to atone for your sin. And then the priest would say, okay. I'm going to go in and try to hear a word for you. You couldn't go to God on your own merits. Now, if you were a priest, you could. But they had to get it through a priest. What does God say about us? We are a royal priesthood here's what I want to start tying it together. You have Jesus Christ living in you. If you've accepted Christ as your Savior, he lives in you, right? He's not patterned after Aaron. He's patterned after Melchizedek. In you, you have a kingly anointing. In you, you have a priestly anointing. And we have to be careful. Now, I'm not saying, and, and I don't want you to put words in my mouth, we are not minimizing the value of the fivefold office gifts of the ministry. There are those of us that stand in pastor, evangelist, teacher, apostle, Prophet, thank you. We're not just diminishing those gifts, but you have an individual priesthood that you bear, and you have a royal, kingly nature that's in you. That means you are anointed for kingly duties to rule and reign in the marketplace, and you have a priesthood that you have the ability to tap into the power of God to carry out your ministry that He's called you. Now, sometimes people get this mentality, I'm a king or I'm a priest. I've heard people say this. I've heard people say, oh, Pastor Matt, it must be nice being a pastor. You get to work with Christians all the time, only work on Sundays and Wednesdays. It must be nice being a pastor because what you do really counts for the Lord. It's eternal. And, and they sometimes say, oh, pastor, you know, it's frustrating having to work in business. It's frustrating having to work in the secular world. And I go to work and people are cursing and it's dark and it's hard. But Let me tell you something. We, we got to get out of that mentality because you're a king. You're not designed to go in there and if the darkness is dark, to re- let it remain dark. You've got a kingly nature that when you go in, you've got the light. Didn't we just sing that? I've got the light, I've got the light. I don't sing well. But praise the Lord, I've got the light. Well, we'll sing that on a Sunday and then we go to work on a Monday and we let all that negativity get on us. No, you are a king, you're royal. Jesus lives on the inside of you. And he's not patterned after Aaron where you're one or the other. You both. Hallelujah. Now I've seen ministers. Oh man. It's such hard work being in the ministry. Oh man. And I ask, you asking how they're doing. Oh, we're just a... Holding on. I don't want to be just holding on. God did not call me just to holding on. He called me to my town to take over. He called me to my town to make everybody know that Jesus Christ is Lord. And you're either going to receive him or reject him, but I'm not going to allow you to be indifferent. And if you go to hell, it'll be over my dead body. Huh? Yeah. Well, guess what? People say, oh, that's good for the pastor, but that's good for you too. You see, you, everywhere you go, you're a carrier of the gospel. You're a light. You're a king and a priest. And, and maybe we've five-fold gifts are called to a pulpit, but you're called to a subdivision. You're called to a city block. You're called to somewhere. You're called to a family. You're called to a home. This works in the home. But pastor would be like, oh, I wish I could just go get a job and make money and not have to use my faith all the time. Listen, pastors, you're anointed as a king too. You're, you're not some pushover. You're, you're not some second fiddle. You're not some second class, you know, just trying to do keep the board happy so you can keep your job, so you can get a paycheck. You're a mighty man or woman of God, and you have a kingly nature in you. Amen. And your congregation, the people that God's called you to, they're waiting for you to rise up and lead. Yeah. You okay with this? I don't have time to teach this. It took me six weeks to teach my congregation this. This is the first time I preached this on the road. First time. So, you're my guinea pigs. Now, I'd like to take an hour on each one of these points, but I'm just going to have to mention them. Some duties of a priest, not a complete list, but these are some duties that a priest would have. To make intercession. Intercession. You know God's called you to be a priest. God has called you to stand in intercession. You know what intercession means it means a covering. You know Jesus is what he's isn't he our intercessor? Isn't he going to the Father on our behalf? Your life as a king priest, as a royal priesthood, as a carrier of Jesus, you are the intercessor over your family. You stand as a covering over your family. How many of all ever heard? Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you shall be saved in your household. You're a covering. You stand and your faith, you ought to be bold as a lion because your presence is a covering to your family. Your presence is a covering to your city. You know, there was a time when God was getting ready to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah and he's talking to Abraham. He says, hey, we better tell Abraham what we're going to do. He says, we're going to destroy him. Abraham says, hey, God, let me ask you a question. If there was a hundred righteous people, would you spare the city? I said, Yeah, I'd spare him." And he goes, says, If there was 80, and he actually negotiates God all the way down to 10 people. If there were 10 righteous people, would you spare them? And God said, Yeah, I would spare the city for 10 righteous people. Let me ask you a question. Now, we in Botkins, population 1,200. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. We're good. We're good. I, I, I hear people sometimes say, well, God's going to judge us. God's going to judge that," and, and yeah, there's going to come a time for all that, but let me tell you something. You, you're a priest. You're a covering for where you live. You're a covering for your family. Oh, man, you got some unbelievers in your family? They need you. You know, I I understand sometimes it's difficult going to Thanksgiving when some of them getting drunk and some of them don't know how to act. But man, your presence is a covering. Your life is an intercession over them. Wow. I told you I was going to just have to mention these and you're making me preach them. Watch it. A priest will provide spiritual care to those trusted to them. How many of y'all know your unbelieving, sinning family, they may think, oh, you know, you're, you're, you and your crazy faith. Oh, you know, you're just a killjoy. Oh, you don't have any fun. Why don't you just drink a little wine? Why don't you do, do a little bit of this? But guess what? The moment they lose their job, the moment the doctor says anything but you, perfect, who are they gonna call? They're calling you, and you're ready. You're on the alert because you're instant in season and out of season. You're a priesthood that's kingly in nature, and you've got what it takes. Hallelujah. The priesthood is the model of morality. Let me tell you something, church. I I love Pastor Dosick's thirst for righteousness, and I love that he preaches it. And I love that he makes us uncomfortable sometimes. And I love that Brother Eric tells me sometimes, well, yeah, we we preach sometimes and we make people mad. Listen, if we're not making people mad from time to time, are we really doing our job? But we we, as a priesthood, it's not just the pastor. Here here, here is the great cop out in the body of Christ we want to sit down here, do whatever we want to do, live however we want to live, and say, well, we got that guy up there. He's anointed. He's cool. As long as he's got it, I'm good. But, ladies and gentlemen, God's called you. You're a priest. Not the same priesthood as that, but you've got a priestly nature. And that priestly nature has to be the model of morality for your community. The people on your job, the people you come into contact with, the people at Walmart and Kroger, when they see you, they have to say, there's something different about that person. It's time to quit asking how close can we get to the world and still go to heaven The priest will speak the word. Renew your mouth. Speak the word of God over your life. The priest will worship and lead in worship. I don't know if you could deal with this in Botkins, but in Cloverdale... Sometimes we forget that we were going to hell. And we'd be like, what are we saying this time? I saw the light. I saw the light. Praise the Lord. I saw the light. Miracle worker, chain breaker, light in the darkness, la dee dee da And that's how we're worshiping. You were on your way to hell for all of eternity. And by that cross and that blood, you're on your way to heaven. He's building a mansion for you. You're gonna be walking on streets of Galway. You're gonna travel at the speed of thought. How dare we just sit here? This is the name is the day that the Lord have made. Oh, my friend. We 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 gotta we gotta get our praise on. Get we're we're priests. We set the tone for everybody else. We take care of the temple. All oh, the priests—they took care of the temple. You've got a temple. You've got a couple temples, at least two. You've got your body, which is the temple of the Holy Ghost. This is something I'm talking about to my wife. So, honey, I got to do a better job taking care of my temple. Amen. You've got a temple where you worship at home, hopefully. But you have a temple that you come, a physical temple where we come. Only believe ministry is Christian center. Hallelujah. We have a priestly responsibility to take care of that temple. Can I just share something with you? And once again, so many times the, the, the error of Christianity is we want to sit back. I'm just going to come down here. Praise God. I hope I, this isn't too I just want to sit down here, put my feet up on the pews. Oh, Pastor Dosek's got this. Pastor Dosek, I got a problem. Pastor Dosek, hey, uh, there's some grass out there that needs cut. Can you guys get on that? I want my church to look good. Pastor Dosek, I need some truth. Ah! And we just come in here and we just, you know, milking it for everything we got. Man, I was kind of comfy, actually. I've never done that before. <laughs> You're a priest. Take care of the temple. Take care of your temple. Take care of your house, but take care of the house of God. You've been called with a holy calling, praise God. If you quit waiting for somebody else to do. It. You know what I love? People come in. Pastor Matt, I just think it would be a great idea if the church would do this. Well, praise God. You know what? The next words out of my mouth, all right? Would you consider leading that? Oh no. Last Old Testament priests. When it came to the altar, they were to never allow the fire to go out. Never allow the fire to go out. We're here at Pentecost. Man, let's just stand to our feet for just a second. Just stand to our feet. Oh, this isn't the end of my message. This is just a break. We're going to take a praise break. Hallelujah. Let's, let's just remind ourselves, we're full of fire. Don't ever let the fire go out. Let's just stir ourselves up with our most holy faith. Lord Jesus, fill them with fire. Hallelujah. We just come today, Lord God. Stir us up. Lord, stir up the fire. Don't let us be comfortable in complacency. Don't let us be comfortable in the ashes of yesterday. Oh God, fresh fire, fresh fire, fresh fire. Fresh fire, fresh fire, Pentecostal fire, fall on us today. Holy Ghost fire, fall on us today. Fire, fire, fire in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 You know, I found when I start feeling down and discouraged, I find it's because I've been neglecting my confession. It's because I've been neglecting speaking the word, speaking in tongues. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time. Get that fire back burning in your life today. Hallelujah. Speak the word of God over your life. Hallelujah. You're going to live and not die. You're above and not beneath. You're prosperous and not poor. You're healthy and not sick. You're joyful and not depressed. You're peaceful and not anxious. Hallelujah. Oh, my. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Isn't that good? That's your duty. You have a sacerdotal, holy, spiritual, sacred duty as a royal priesthood. Don't ever let your fire go out. You may be seen. Melchizedek was a king. Now sometimes we think of kings like the movies portray them. Sitting on a throne, bring me big dinners, get me whatever I want, serve me. But the true nature of a king is to keep the kingdom running for the good of the people. That's the nature in the heart of a king. And even in our own government, I recognize we have many shortcomings, but the idea behind our government was there would be a judicial, an executive, and a legislative branch of our government to take care of the affairs of mankind, to keep things running well. Dealing with defense, foreign policy, social programs, civil law, roads, economic issues, health issues, the list goes on. But you see, we have a kingly nature. One of the things about the kingly nature is the executive branch, the ability to enforce the law. Now, I came up 75 North, came from the Dayton area. I'm from Indiana, about 3 hour, 3 hour and 15 minute drive from here. And I saw a sign on the side of the road. It said speed limit, 70 MPH. Now, I know those signs are important and we don't really, we don't neglect those signs. But when you're not in cruise control there's going to be times you might find yourself, depending on what music you're listening to, 75, 77, a little more. And when I drive past that speed limit sign, I really don't even check my speed. But 75, I have found has a lot of white cars in the middle margin, in the middle median. Now I didn't find this personally. I, by meeting. I just see them all the time when I come over here. There's usually three parked between here and Dayton. Now when I see that white car in the median, I immediately look down at my speedometer and I see what I'm doing. And I've learned how to ease it down as quickly as possible without appearing guilty right now what is the difference between the speed limit sign and the white patrol car authority that speed limit sign it can tell me what is supposed to happen but it it can't enforce what's supposed to happen but that guy sitting in that white car he's got a badge and a gun and if he says you're speeding, you are speeding, and you're about to pay 300 dollars to the government of Ohio. Right? So we respect the authority. Now, the priest can receive the word, but the king enforces the word. He enforces the law. Yeah. You are kingly in nature. Yeah. You're a priest, but you're a king. And the devil does not respect the word of God. He does not care what it says. He only has three things in mind. To steal, kill, and destroy. Let me give you a word. I have a dear friend that just spoke this into my life. He said, Matt, he said, the devil wants to kill you and he doesn't care how he does it. And if he can't kill you with the bad, he'll kill you with the good. But the devil's come to take you out. And so there are going to be routine things as a body of Christ person that you're going to have to fight sickness. Sometimes you're going to have to fight some, an unexpected finance. You're going to have to fight who knows what. Just when I think I've seen it all, I see something I've never seen before. Back in 1990, my wife and I got married in 1994. We bought our first car together in 1995. 1995. A 1995 Dodge Spirit. We had that car for several years. And I, I drove it till we had kids. And when she had kids, she got the good car. I think that's fair. And I remember about, after about having that car for five or six years, my wife looks at me and says, hey, what's this button right here do? She'd never pushed it. Now, she pushed every one of my buttons, except that one, I guess. I don't know. She said, what's this do? I said, what do you mean, what's that do? She said, what's this button? I said, baby, that's the rear defrost. You mean we've been living in northern Indiana all this time, and you didn't know to push the rear defrost button? She said, yeah, i just get back and scrape the windshield. The car she had before that, she'd never had a rear defrost before. She didn't know it, so she didn't know it was, wasn't there. What are you talking to me about, pastor? You got to know what God says. That's your priestly duty. But then you got to enforce what God says because the devil's going to challenge it. And when he challenges, that's where we get so many people. Well, it just must not be the will of God. Well, you know, I'm just doing my best I can. Well, I'm just holding on. Well, you just never know what God's going to do. Mm. You're a king. You're an enforcer. You've got control of a military. What do you mean I got control of a military? You got Bible for that? Whatever you bind on the earth shall be bound in the heavens. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in the heavens. I got a Bible for that. Hallelujah! The angels of God—they they hearken at the words of God to go do the words of God. You speak the words of God. You activate those angels. I'm not—I don't want to get off into angels. People get goofy on that. But the fact of the matter is, there are some, and they do the word of God. And you begin to use the word of God as a sword, as an offensive weapon, you'll find you'll get somewhere. Now, you enjoying this? You're a king and a priest. I'll tell you what. Let's see. I think... yeah, let's just do this. Parable of the Good Samaritan. Lawyer comes, Jesus, you know, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Love God, love people. I've done all that. But who's my neighbor? And Jesus begins to tell the parable of the Good Samaritan. There was this man on a journey and thieves overtook him Beats him up, robs him, leaves him half naked, or leaves him naked on the road, half dead, the Bible says. And after a while, here comes a priest, and that priest is walking down the road. He sees that man, and he walks on the other side of the road and walks on. And after a while, here comes a Levite, He sees that man beat up, naked, half dead. He walks to the other side of the road. But here comes a Samaritan. Now, I know you a church bunch, so you know a Samaritan is not liked by the Jews. You know they were not popular. They were looked down upon as dirty. And the Samaritan has compassion. And he begins to deal with this issue in front of him. And he takes the guy, puts him on his own beast, Takes him to the local hotel, cleans him up, gets him treated at the doctor, gets him some clothes, gets him a meal, checks him in at the local holiday inn, and he gives him his credit card. He says, Hey, if this guy needs anything else, put it on my card. Now, watch this. Now, I know there's people against the prosperity message, that's dumb. Y'all say dumb in Ohio still? I, I was raised in Ohio. We said dumb. Tell you, dumbest conversation I ever heard. I was in a Starbucks by our local university. And I was in there. I saw these college kids come in. And I love you college kids. You are, I love your generation. You're going to do great things. But you do have some idiots in your generation just like we have some idiots in the older generations too. And these folks came in. I was listening. They drive up in a nice car, new model car. They come in, they're wearing $150 jeans, $150 shoes, $75 top, carrying an $800 iPhone. Sit down, order a $7 cup of coffee while they're attending a $50,000 a year university. And you know what I begin to hear them talk about? They begin to talk about how bad the prosperity gospel is. I'm thinking, do you not have a mirror? <laughs> this man, at the drop of a hat, was able to have the ability to alter his schedule. He had a horse. How much does it cost to go to a med clinic around here? What's it cost? Walking in off the street. You don't have insurance. How much is it going to cost? Huh? Like urgent care whatever? 150, 200 bucks. So this guy, not even knowing the dude, walks into Medicare uh, or urgent care, says, hey, we got to treat this guy. Here's my credit card, 150 bucks. 50, you say 1,500. I asked my congregation the same question I had anywhere. I was like, the price is right. Higher, high, lower. <laughs> I had about 200 to 1,500. Now, the man was able to afford urgent care. Takes him in now, local hotels, what, buck nineteen a night? Buck nineteen plus tax, plus innkeeper's tax, plus all you stuff. By the time it's all said, done, 139? Right. Puts him up for two nights. Here you go. I put this on my account. Meals. So out of the blue. This guy assumes a, a responsibility for what 700 800 dollars like that. And you tell me we don't need prosperity? Now watch this. I was just having fun with that one, but let me let me take you back. <laughs> Old Testament, you're a priest or a king. The guys laying down dead. Here comes the priest. All he has is a sermon. I love sermons. I'm preaching a sermon now in case you didn't know. But that guy didn't need a sermon. That's all he had. All I've got is a, a sermon. And here comes the Levite. And all he had was a prayer. Now, I'm all for prayer. I would put my praying up with about anybody's. I know how to shake the heavens with my prayer. But there comes a point right now that guy doesn't need prayer as much as he needs someone pick him up, put some clothes on him, dust him off, heal the wounds, and get this guy some treatment. It took a king to come in there, someone of a kingly nature who had money, who knew how to control schedules, who had a good enough reputation that he could go into the local hotel and said, hey, put that on my account. And they said, oh, your account's no good. No, they do. That, that guy's good for the money. You with me? (laughs) So here's what I'm trying to say. Let's wrap this all up. You're a king and you're a priest. And sometimes God needs you to do kingly duties, and sometimes God needs you to do priestly duties. And sometimes your life will look more like a king, sometimes your life will look more like a priest. But You can do both. You don't have to sit down there with your your feet up on the pews waiting for Pastor Dosek to come in and bottle feed you. You have an anointing on your life to rule, to reign, to have spiritual authority, to have earthly authority. You are a royal priesthood. You're after the order of Jesus who's after the order of Melchizedek. And we don't have to complicate it. We don't have to go back and say, well, you have to wear this ephod and this robe and this color on this day, and you have to have this many pe-. No, it's real simple. It goes back to the cross and the blood. That's what it calls you. That's what causes you to stand here today anointed and in power. is not because of you, but because what Jesus did. Hallelujah. In our communities, the devil is a thief. And he comes in and he leaves people half dead and beat up and naked and poor. And thank God for the priestly role inside the walls of the church. But thank God for the kingly role that takes it out into the highways and byways. Because your community needs more than a sermon. Your community needs more than just a prayer. They, they need coaches. They need, they need teachers. They need leaders. They need factory workers. They need to, oh, where I work is a dark place. I don't like it there. Friends, that's exactly why God has you there. Because you have the Melchizedek anointing that where you go, you walk, you rule, you reign. Hallelujah. In the wilderness, Jesus preaches hours on end, days on end. He's healing people. He's teaching people. He's operating as the priest. But then he's getting ready to switch gears. He says to those disciples, hey, they're hungry. Give them something to eat. And the disciples look dumbfounded. Jesus, it's Sunday. Chick Fil A closed. We don't have anything around here to give them something. Jesus really expected them to be able to produce food, because he knew he was trying to pattern them, not just to be praying for people and healing people, but you got to feed people. You got to be able to produce something. Remember when Jesus, during the, the, the last week, the Passion Week, and Jesus walks by a fig tree and he's hungry? And he reaches up to take a fig and there ain't no fig? And you know the Bible tells us it wasn't even fig season? It'd be like going to the local apple orchard in January here and saying, hey, there's no apples. And you know what Jesus did? Remember what he did? He done be cursing that fig tree. He said, no one ever gonna eat off of you again. Because Jesus expects us to be in season and out of season, ready to go. I'm preaching better than your amen. And my goodness, listen, listen to me, friends. He Jesus was hungry. So I need me a fig. I know it's January, but. I'm Jesus, I'm a king and I'm a priest and that tree better have something for me and that tree had nothing for me, you ain't ever gonna spare fruit again. Body of Christ, I love you so much, but that is a New Testament principle. Jesus expects you to be ready. He expects you to operate in your kingly nature. He expects you to operate in your priestly nature at a moment's notice. Oh, pastor, I don't feel like it. Oh, pastor, I'm tired. Oh, pastor, they've been working me a lot extra. Oh, pastor, we've been sick. Oh, pastor, we got a, we just got a dog. Oh, pastor, we just, we just got a land. Oh, pa- oh, pastor, they got this new series on Netflix. Oh, pastor, this. Oh, pastor, that in season and out of season. You a king, and you've got the answer for the community where God's called you. You've got the anointing. You've got the nature to rule and to reign and to be able to direct spiritual beings with your prayers. Mm. Hope you're fired up. I love, I've been studying this for a year. Three verses in the Bible. Melchizedek. You give them something. Jesus was hanging on the cross. I'm going to, some of you are going to be mad at me today. And he looks at John and he says, behold your mother. And he looks at Mary and he said, behold your son. You see, Joseph had died and it was the cultural tradition of the eldest born son or the eldest born to take care of the mother. Can, can I share something that's going to blow your mind? Jesus, while he was doing the ministry of Jesus and doing all the praying all night, feeding thousands of people, healing everybody, saving everybody. He was taking care of his mother too. Now, I don't want to be legalistic. I don't, I don't want to be overburdening. I, I, don't, I don't want to put something on you that doesn't need to be on you. But I, can I just say something, ladies and gentlemen? This is Pentecost. We're celebrating the infilling of the Holy Spirit You're a king and a priest after the order of Jesus, after the order of Melchizedek. It's not hard. It just goes back to very simply this. The cross, the blood, and he blesses you. Well, pastor, I don't know all about all that theological stuff. I know a lot of people who know a lot of theological stuff, and they devils. Huh? Huh? I think you got it. Did you get it? Praise God! I think you're getting it. Yeah. Now see, here's the deal. I want I want to reverse it on you tonight. Y'all ever see ever play Uno before? How many play Uno? And they have a reverse card. You play that reverse card. I want to reverse it on you tonight. I want I want to play a reverse card. There's so many times we come to church and, okay, now let's watch the pastor show. I have a need. Here I am, Pastor. Well, actually, usually it's like this. Usually like this. Make sure there's not your back there. Okay. Don't you love the Holy Spirit? Don't you love having a good time? Why, why don't you operate in a priestly anointing tonight? Why don't, why don't you lay hands on someone tonight? Why don't you prophesy tonight? Why don't you have a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom tonight? Why don't you receive the discerning of spirits tonight? <clears throat> why don't you do it? What do you think? How many have ever heard God speak to you before? Okay. All right. It's not hard, is it? How, how many of you have had a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge before? A few of you? Okay. A lot more if you can. Let's lose some spiritual gifts in this house tonight. Amen. Amen. I want to ask you a question. I may all say, Pastor Matt, you done did got me. I've been trying to be one or the other, waiting on someone else to do the rest of it for me. And I realize I got, I'm called to do both. You see that tonight? Let's stand to my feet. Hallelujah. Now see, a lot of times we'll walk through, and we'll give you a word. But tonight you're going to have a word. What's the word? Jesus is the word. What else? He's got. There's a fire burning in you right now. What do you see? I see something that the Lord's been put in my heart. That we are to prepare for the days to come. Fill your shelves.
0: Full of things that will last up to six months, and that's what the Lord has been put in my spirit.
1: Okay, all right. See, you had that right. Okay. Now, how many? Is there anybody here that that word bore confirmation with? You said that's good. I needed that, Pastor. Anybody here that was for you? Say it again. Short version. Lord said, "Fill your fill your shelves." Okay, spiritually speaking, spiritually speaking, get some fresh oil. How many need some fresh oil in here? See, all right. I'm not going to give it to Pastor Philip because I won't get the microphone back. Brother the Ohio State fan, is that right? Oh, I know you. How are you? I just didn't recognize. You. Your hair is all gray now. So is mine, right? All right. What's God speaking to you? Speaking to us to, uh, you know, put things aside and and make sure we strive to to fulfill our callings and and that time is short and we just need to, you know, set everything aside and seek him. That's a good word. Let's just pray in the Holy Ghost. Seven of you are praying in the Holy Ghost. Let's pray in the Holy Ghost. Come on. Lord, we stir ourselves up in our most holy faith. We loose the anointing of a king. We loose the anointing of a priest. We loose the spirit of Melchizedek in this place. We loose the spirit of Jesus in this place. We're full of the Holy Ghost and power. We're full of faith. We're full of anointing. We're the light in the darkness. Lord Jesus, you've called us to go in to possess and occupy. We're on offense, not defense, Lord Jesus. I thank you, Lord. You put answers on the inside of us. We loose in these people the working of miracles. We loose the gifts of healings. We loose the words of knowledge. We loose the words of wisdom. We loose gifts of tongues, interpretation of tongues. Lord, we loose prophecy. We loose the spiritual gifts. We loose the power of God. We loose the Holy Ghost to stir us up in our most holy faith. Hallelujah. 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 Now we're going to come back to that in just a second. We're going to come back in just a second. Because I believe tonight there's miracles in this house. I believe tonight that w- there's healing in this house. There are words of encouragement tonight. There are words of direction, words of wisdom. Lord, there are prophecies tonight. And we're going to come right back to that. Hallelujah. See right now, there's someone here. There's a, you've, got, you've had hip problems for years. You're feeling, a, it's your right hip. You're feeling a fire in your right hip. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's going to pop like popcorn here in just a minute. You're going to start to see pop, 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 pop. But don't wait for me. Get it yourself. Don't wait for me. Hallelujah. Jesus. Let me do a couple, a, a formal thing. I've got a product table out there. And we're going to come back to this moment. Uh, I used to try to read a Christmas story to my congregation, my children, on Christmas Eve. And you know, there's only about four books of all the Christmas books. There's only four books in print today that have to do with anything about Christianity. You can get hundreds of books on elves, hundreds of books on Santa Claus, books on reindeer, but you can't find a book about Jesus. So I wrote one. I wrote one for kids. It's illustrated, it's hardcover. I know we're in June, but Christmas will be here before you know it, get some for the grandkids. They're out in the foyer, wherever your book table is. $20 a book. I have another book, it's called From This Point You Will Touch the World. It's more design. I give it away on the mission field to pastors free of charge. It's in several languages. But we have it here for you in English. Ten dollars. It's a story about not quitting, never giving up. Don't ever give up. It's an encouragement to you. But if you want both, just give them twenty-five bucks. And if you look, man, if you need, I'm the type of guy. If you want it, you don't have the money, just take it. Amen. So that's not very good business, I know. Let's take an offering. Let's take an offering. And and this offering is actually gonna go to my ministry, Matt Nichols Ministries. I've modeled my ministry after Pastor Dosek Ministries. I I, I can't tell you how much I've learned from Pastor Dosek, from Brother Eric. And we simply wanna take the same commission that Pastor Dosek has to take this glorious gospel around the world. And I go with one of the finest teams The world has ever seen that many of them are here tonight. So, if you'd like to sow into our ministry, you can make a check out the Only Believe Ministries Christian Center. Use your credit card, debit card, firstborn, whatever. And they'll bring some buckets up here. If you prepare your offering, if they could prepare those buckets, come on up, guys. I'm going to pray. And we don't want you to give by compulsion but I will tell you this we're, we're giving we're, we're in, working with orphanages in Pakistan and Kenya uh, travel with Pastor Dosek, and we see the power of God of all around the world and you're helping send me to Uganda, to Togo to the Philippines so we receive their offering Father I bless these gifts today. I bless the people that are giving them. We receive it into our ministry. Lord, we thank you that our ministry is prospering, that we're raising up more and more orphanages. We're raising up wells. We're raising up food. We're raising up gospel preaching crusades to haul in the nets for multiplied millions to come to Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord, these folks so in faith. Hallelujah. You may bring your offering now. Ashley, you're awesome. Ashley, we're going to pray for the sick. Yep. Now, do you believe that God heals the sick? Absolutely. All right. She says absolutely. Did you believe I was going to come over here and put you on the spot? Ready. She's ready. What's God? What, what, what do you think? What do you feel God's going to heal tonight?
2: Uh, anxiety and depression.
1: Okay. Come on let's go find somebody you're a priest you're a king you you may be seated hallelujah who's got who's who's who 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 in here is dealing with anxiety who's got to pray right over here come up here sister come up here. who else yeah someone here over here no you tell them where they at
2: come on up we're gonna pray you any anxiety or depression, any type of anxiousness that you feel. Come on up. We're going to pray and God's going to heal you.
1: Amen. Now you're a praise and worship leader, right? You got that priestly anointing. You're going to operate in that kingly anointing now. You're going to take authority. Come on up. Do you feel it right in here? Where do you feel it the most? In the chest?
2: Now, Father, in Jesus' mighty name, I speak to this anxiousness, Father, and I command it by the mighty name of Jesus to come off of him in Jesus' mighty name. I speak peace, Father, in replacement of that, Lord, that anxiety will not come and plague him any longer, Father. Lord, but a peace that passes all understanding will begin to fill Brian right now in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' name. Father, I speak to Grace right now, Lord. I speak to her healing from the top of her head to the soles of her feet. In Jesus' mighty name, that this anxiousness will go in Jesus' mighty name. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you will give her peace, God. Peace. Begin to fill her mind, Father, with peace, Lord, from you. Only from you, God, that you receive the glory. In Jesus' mighty name.
1: Now, where did Brian go? Where was Brian? We come on back up. I'm sorry. Now here's what we're gonna do: we're gonna activate your spiritual gifting. I want you to pray for her now. now You three, come here, Brian. So some of the times we we get God to move in our own life by moving in somebody else's. Let's. let's, let's, What's your name? Lauren. Let's Let's lay hands on her.
2: Father in Jesus' mighty name, I speak to Lauren right now, and this anxiety that has tried to hold her bound and captive, this mental anguish i speak to right now i commanded to go in jesus mighty name that the chains that try to hold her will be removed right now at the name of jesus the name of jesus lord god fill her up to overflowing lord with your spirit in jesus name father i speak right now to holly lord god i speak right now peace Lord God. Peace to her spirit, Lord. To her mind, Father. To her body, Lord God. I speak a peace that passes all understanding, Lord. That doesn't come from anything, any man, any system, Lord God, but it only comes from you. That any anxiety and anxiousness begins to fall off of her in Jesus' mighty name. For your glory, God.
1: Jesus. I
2: speak to Violet right now in Jesus mighty name any type of anxiety or depression that has tried to hold her captive Lord I command it to go in Jesus mighty name Father that you reign in her spirit in her mind and in her soul God in Jesus name Lord a peace Lord to encompass her in every part of who she is in Jesus mighty name
1: now here's the deal Now you've been ministered to tonight but I want you to get on a search and destroy mission. I want you, see, now I'm a competitor. I'm a basketball player. You get one over on me, I'm going to get one on you. The devil's got one on you. Let's make him pay. I want you to, now, now watch. You have an anointing. You're a priest, king. Priest, king, priest, king, priest, king, priest, king. Now you say, but I'm so young, Pastor Matt. It don't matter. You got to, see, you got more you have the faith of a child we're supposed to have faith like you not you like us so what you do now is you search and destroy who's got anxiety I'm gonna I'm gonna kick that devil off because you know what it's like and you're getting set free and you're gonna pray for them like you want someone to pray for you see we'll see what see this, now now we got one two three four five six seven people praying and not just one. We're releasing into our kingdom, our kingship, and our priestly duties. Amen. You see that? Or do you feel any better? She. Uh, you felt left. Did you, did you feel? it? Not completely. Okay, but somebody say, "Man, I feel so, so. God's doing something. Praise God." You may be seated. Thank you. Thank you, Ashley. Now, before I mentioned, there was someone that had a, a, a burning sensation in your right hip. Who is that? Burning sensation in your right hip? You. No wonder I was drawn to you earlier. How long have you been having hip problems? Okay, left. Well, left hip replacement. Okay, all right. Is there anybody here? You're you. you you have been saved in the last six months or the last year you're a new Christian you're a new Christian but two years who's the youngest Christian in here I got a little two-year-old saying me back there brother come with me will you come with me I have those same shoes Now, it's one thing for me to pray. You know what You know what an alley-oop is? It's right, so they pass the ball right up, and all you got to do is step up and tuck it in. I'm doing the alley-oop. I, I'm lifting that ball right up over the rim. We've already known. The man's hip is burning. God's working on him. I want you to slam dunk it. Lay your hands on his right hip. Can you do that for him? Yeah, right there, right in there. Dear Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, you said, "Ask anything in your name, and you yes. will, and, and you will do yes. it." So we're asking you right now to heal this hip, burning hip, and make it well. We know you can do it. Amen. Thank you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. See, you're a priest. You're a king. Now, now John, let's walk through the other. Come on. Come on. Get those hips. Shake those. Take that booty. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. And, 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 and what I want you to understand, you don't have to wait for 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 for, for the, the, the preacher to come in. You're carrying an anointing of your own. You're full of faith. You're full of the Holy Ghost. This is Pentecost. Let's just quit talking about it, singing about it, thinking about. It. Let's just do it. Let's just do it. Let's just do it. Amen. Brother, you, you you've sat there kind of inquisitive. I don't know if you like me or hate me yet. If looks could kill, I'd be dead a couple times. I'm just going to ask you. Have you ever had God speak to you before? Yes? yes? Do you believe God can speak to you now? Absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm putting you on the spot. You think he's speaking to what, what What's in your heart right now? What do you think God's speaking to you right now? Well, I... Um, I thank, Lord, for being right here tonight, for hearing his word, and for becoming a, a priest as well as a king. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. That's a good word. You know, it's, that's amazing. that is amazing right there. We just, we just took time to thank God for what he's doing. I mean, 10 lepers were healed. Only one came back to say thank you. Wow. Isn't that good? That's awesome. See, see, that word is encouraging and inspiring. And, and the problem is, we'll, we'll sit there, and we, we sit there at work, and, and, and I can't tell you how many times this happened, folks. We're sitting around, it's like, oh, man, we need a revival we need revival oh america's so bad oh the culture's so bad we need revival we need revival oh it's so bad oh the kids are bad oh this oh that oh the news and and here you are you've got the king priest on the inside of you and we're just sitting back saying well i just don't know if i feel it enough i just don't know if i'm good enough hallelujah now right now, heart conditions are being healed. Uh, what's the, is it, the word starts with a V, is it ventricle? The does it do with the heart, does anybody know? Ventricle. There's someone, you got a ventricle that's bad. Who is that? You. Father, in the name of Jesus. I'm, I'm doing business right now. This is business, we're doing business. We're doing business, Father, in the name of Jesus. Right now, in the name of Jesus, heart be not troubled, ventricle, you be healed. In the name of Jesus, my sister is living long and living strong and no fear of the enemy. In Jesus Christ's name, in Jesus Christ's name, hallelujah, hallelujah, Jesus. now we're going to do just a quick exercise and we'll be done let's stand to our feet I want to show you just we're we're waiting we're waiting for some spiritual feeling for an angel to come show up and sprinkle angel dust on us and you're waiting for God to give you a spiritual feeling about something He's already told you to do. Let's just put our hands up in the air. Say after me: "Say, Holy Spirit, baptize me in power with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Loose the gifts of the Holy Spirit in me. Loose the anointing of a king on my life." Loose the anointing of a priest on my life. Now let's just pray in the Holy Ghost. And as you do, I want you to listen for God to speak to you and give you revelation, to give you impartation. Hallelujah, Jesus. Lord, I thank you for the spirit of wisdom. I thank you for leading us. Our our sheep know our shepherd's voice, another voice that will not follow. Lord, we're bold. I lose Holy Ghost boldness. We are not going to be timid, we're not going to be weak. We're going to be full of faith, instant in season and out of season. Hallelujah. We lose all nine gifts of the Spirit working in our lives. Not just the pastors. The people. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 How many feel that fire coming on you? Amen. Well, I want to say thank you tonight for having me. I cannot tell you what a great honor it is to be in this house. I honor Pastor Dosek, Pastor Phyllis, Pastor Nicole, this staff and all these fellow sons in the faith and daughters in the faith. I honor you. Thank you for being the church that I look up to. You don't get to see me often, but I'm here behind the scenes and coming over to get refreshed and get encouraged. We love you. We bless you in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you for your faithfulness to this house, to to Pastor, to his family. The best is yet to come. Amen. The best is yet to come. I need to sometimes I get in the Holy Ghost and I don't want to quit. So I just gotta have the good sense to turn it over. We bless you in Jesus' name. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Pastor Matt. I may enjoy that message tonight. We are kings and priests, amen. I encourage you, if you can't make it tomorrow night, we're going to have uh, Dr. Chris D'Amico here. He's been here many times before. Strong miracle ministry as well. I really want to invite you, encourage you, invite somebody to come out tomorrow night with you as well. Because we believe once we get people in the house, the Bible says we're f- to forsake not the assembly ourselves, right? Let's bring somebody in the house tomorrow night so they can be impacted, they can be touched by the Spirit of God. Because we know God's word won't return void, but will accomplish what it's sent forth to do. And for those that need miracles, they'll have them tomorrow night. So I encourage you. We'll see you tomorrow night at 7 p.m. God bless you.